podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And guess what? It's solo pod season, right? That's right. I am by myself on this podcast as we preview Texas Tech Red Raiders going up against the Houston Cougars. And I'm in a weird spot, personally, because I went to Tech for undergrad, went to U of H for for grad school. So I, uh, I'm i at an interesting place, right? Now, I will say I'm a Red Raider at heart. I Even though I went to – for those that have been to grad school, y'all know, like nobody really cares about their grad school team, right? You don't – it's not the same. You didn't go to all those games. I think when I was in grad school, I went to like two or three U of H games, um, which is two or three more than half of the U of H fan base. Uh, so let's uh, – you know, so it's just I don't have any attachment to the Cougars. And to be honest, you know, sometimes I'm like, eh. I could probably downfall a little bit. Um, but for Tech, y'all, y'all already know what it is. I'm a, I'm a hardcore Red Raider there. So y'all know where my allegiances lie is with the Red Raiders. And so with that, both teams are coming in to a weird spot right now, right? Tech had a great game, great week one game. But you're like, okay, but it was against Murray State. It's an FCS team. You got to take it with, with several grains of salt. But either way, played about as good as you, ex- you would expect them to play. Uh, against an FCS team. I, I think there's the thing about it is when you schedule a game against an FCS opponent, what do you expect, right? Like you want your team to go out there and dominate. And that's what Tech did. So you can't come away and say, oh, I'm not satisfied that they only want 63 to 10. When's the last time team won anything 63 to 10? I don't really care who we play. Dominating a team uh, by that much is impressive. And so that's, that is kind of where I I stand there. Is I, I'm glad where Tech was against Murray State. Flip side of that, U of H. The Cougs went up against UTSA. And I know UTSA, you look at them and say, oh, that's a team you should blow out. UTSA is a good team, right? We all know who their coach is, right? They're, I mean, most of the fan base wanted their coach, Jeff Trailer, to be our coach, uh, Texas Tech. And so we know that the UTSA program is a good program. So I'm not saying that, that that is a program that you should just laugh at, point your finger at. They are good. They're going to be a good football team this year. They're going to be a team that's a good chance of winning the Sun Belt this year. However, if you're University of Houston, if you're supposed to be a top 25 team in the country, you're supposed to be competing for New York Six Bowls, you're not supposed to be in a situation where you're going to triple overtime against UTSA. All right? So they come into this tech game also – Already went on a road once in Texas into a fairly hostile Alamo, Alamo Dome. I mean, the UTSA has really gotten fan support there and didn't do well. So now you're going to Lubbock, even further away. You're going to have even less fan support than you did in San Antonio. And so where does U of H go from there? So initial thoughts there is, is that I think, you know, on one hand, Tech was never going to surprise U of H. I mean, this is a – for one, both on Henry – and you have two players on the team that are Kashawn Carter and Tazon Henry that want to play Tech, right? Former former Red Raiders that circled that game on the calendar and said, I want to play them and beat them. Well, they were also on the team last year and couldn't play them and beat them. So uh, so it's it's so you already have it on that aspect. Also, I already mentioned this before. Tech's beaten U of H just last year. And for any of the players that have been there for a long time, they're used to Tech kind of whooping their butt. 
right? Like they're used to that. They're used to seeing Tech on the schedule and taking it out. And so Tech was never going to surprise the U of H Cougars, right? Um, it was never going to be a situation where you look, they were going to look at this game and say, oh, well, we're going to overlook them because the fact of the matter is, Tech was, they, we've beaten U of H quite a bit, right? And then now you have the UTSA game where U of H, let's face it, they struggled. U of H struggled. Now, Clayton Toon played fantastically, but the defense really struggled against UTSA. Then you come into this game, Tech are four-point favorites. Now, for those that don't know anything about the spread, usually Vegas gives a three-point cushion to the home team. But with us being four-point favorites, that means even if it was a neutral site game, Vegas would say, no, Tech's the favorites. That's Vegas saying we think Tech is a, Texas Tech is a better team, right? Now, I'm saying, and I'm coming into this game saying that I also kind of think Texas Tech is a better team. Uh, U of H last year after losing to Tech, and, and Tech, let, let's face it, Tech beat U of H pretty soundly last year. It wasn't a blowout, but you spot them 14 points and you still win by three scores. That's a pretty sound defeat. Um, and so, and that's what happened in last year's game. Now, after that game, both Clayton Toon and the Houston Cougars went on a, went on a run. I mean, they they had a great 2021 season, uh, which culminated in almost winning the conference. They, I mean, of course, they lost to Cincinnati at the end there. But I think it's a question of, did U of H and Clayton Toon get that much better? Or was the conference really weak last year? Let me tell you something. The conference was very weak last year. Um, of course, you had Cincinnati that was stupendous and was fantastic. But also Cincinnati being undefeated was also a microcosm of the conference not being that good last year. UCF wasn't as, as good as they've been in recent years. Uh, Memphis wasn't as good as they've been recently as well. Um, the teams that were supposed to be good last year, teams like Tulane and Tulsa, weren't, right? So the, the, the conference itself wasn't good. So was, U of H goes on this run. I, every week I'm questioning, yeah, they look better, but did they actually get better? And then losing to Cincinnati the way they did didn't make that opinion any, any different. Now, I will say that in the bowl game, they beat Auburn, a good Auburn team, and that, that was impressive. Um, but then you start off this year, you, you're in a dogfight with UTSA to start the season. So let's get into it. Let's go right into it and talk about Tech versus Houston. And we start off with the offensive side of the ball. Now, for those that don't know, you should know, you should have been paying attention last week, um, Tyler Shuck, the starter for the season, collarbone injury at the end of the first quarter. And actually, I, I was re-watching the game. Right after that injury, he threw a strike, like the very next play, for uh, about a, a 12, 13-yard strike, which is really impressive. Um, but you could, t- but he had to go to the locker room right after that. Uh, that throw really, really, I think, if anything, aggravated the already uh, broken collarbone. So he's out for three to six weeks. Donovan Smith got in the game and got busy. Last week, he had an absolutely fantastic game um, and, and back to being the Donovan Smith we saw at the end of last year that had confidence. The game that Donovan Smith, the Iowa State game, the Donovan Smith before Oklahoma State kind of took that confidence, a little bit of that confidence away was back um, against Mercer. He played absolutely fantastic. Every single drive he was the quarterback in, he scored a touchdown or every single one. It was either him scoring or running back scoring, but somebody scored. That's great to see. Um, and so I, I, I am confident in Donovan Smith. You know, way more confident than I have been the last few years when our backup comes in, right? I feel good about Donovan Smith as our starting quarterback going forward. Um, so I, I, I'm not really, you know, I, I know Joey McGuire talked about the fact that he was very comfortable with his backup quarterbacks if, if in, in case of injury. I, you can see why. There was no drop in production from Shuck to, more, to, to Smith. No drop in production whatsoever. It, it, everything just kept humming. And with that, Donovan Smith also, not just when we saw it in those back-to-back speed options, not just can throw the ball. I mean, he can run. He's a powerful runner, 
right? Um, speaking of running, so it does seem like Baron Morton's also going to be in more packages as well going in. And it's funny because I question what packages is my question. And, and we'll see here in this week, what package are we going to see Baron Morton in? Now, we had a conversation in our group me on our, on our, on our uh, um, group chat as far as is Morton faster or quicker, I should say, than Donovan Smith? I don't know. Right. But Donovan's like Baron Morton is an athletic guy. He was a dual threat quarterback in high school. He's an athletic guy. He can run. He ran at the, and during the only time he saw last year in the Oklahoma State game. He ran, he ran for his life, but he ran. Right. And so it could a good chance that funny enough, we'd see the white backup quarterback as the wildcat option. But that's, you know, tasting tasting hill vibes. But um he could very well be that 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 guy for us there. So, you know, I, I could see it, right? I, I do think he's a little bit fat, a little bit shiftier than Smith is, but shift but Smith, man, having that opportunity to not just throw the ball, but also bowl people over is gonna be great. Put me officially, and y'all know if y'all listen to me, I've been a guy that felt that Shuck had the arm talent, he was gonna be QB one, and he ended up being QB one. Scratch all that. I'm officially, Jeremy will love this. I'm officially on Team Smith as well. Jeremy's been driving the bus for the last two years now. I'm at the caboose. I'm in the back with all the other bandwagoners, but I'm here, right? doesn't matter how you get here as long as you are here. I am here. I'm a fan of Donovan Smith going forward. Um, so I expect good things from him. Last week, the O-line played absolutely fantastic. The O-line played great. However, Cole Spencer, the Western Kentucky transfer, and one of the leaders of that O-line is going to be out for the year. He's not going to be there. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if the O-line ends up suffering because of it. Now, I don't know. I mean, the way the O-line played last week, you you kind of feel like, okay, well, you know, it it shouldn't be a problem. But this is one of those situations where you're going from Murray State undersized linemen to the big boys in Houston. And and the Cougs have – some big boys uh, up at the front. I mean, that's there's no doubt about it. So I do question just how good the O-line plays in this week's game, right? And so when it comes to who may be replacing Cole, Cole Spencer right there at the front, it, you know, I, I, I'm i curious to see what, what ends up happening there. Landon Peterson, I think, is a good uh, – somebody that we may start seeing in the starting lineup. He was what was who was listed on the two deep as that starting guard now with Cole Spencer out. So uh, uh, we'll see here. He's been in the program for a little bit here. So um, – but we'll we'll really see how that affects going up against this Houston Cougar D line uh, that has been good. They kind of, I mean, when you guys got when you have guys like Derek Parrish, right? Derek Parrish and and Cedric Williams, two veteran seniors on that Cougar D line, definitely makes me a little worried to see and make sure and, and see what they can do. These are guys that are near three hundred pounds on the line and athletic beasts. So this this isn't Murray State D lineman, right? Uh, Another guy, he's young, but he's going to be their big guy in the middle, Chidozi Nwankwo. Um, he's, he's only a sophomore, true sophomore, but he he's a big boy. He's athletic. Was, a, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a near four-star coming out of one of the guys they were able to keep in town down in Houston. So um, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how the O-line holds up. Uh, with the receivers last week, it was spread around. Right, a lot of the receivers were spread around. Whether we went to uh, Duran Bradley had a couple intercept, a couple touchdowns. Look, Fongi had a couple touchdowns, uh, and I expect the same thing to happen. Right, we didn't see too much of my boy Miles Price last week. Right, um, I'm gonna keep calling his name till he does it. Right, uh, I'm hoping to see a little bit more from Miles Price there. But I think one thing about Donovan Smith, it's funny because Pat Mahomes said it about the Chiefs. Sorry, fantasy guys, we're gonna spread the ball around. A lot of guys are gonna get touchdowns. I think the same thing for Tech. 
and that's good. That's a good thing that any receiver could ball out in this in this in this uh, offense. Um, but I do think one thing that we were wrong was I was thinking Miles Price would be the do it all, do everything receiver. I forgot who we're talking about now. Zach Kelly, he's he's going downfield. He's going north south, and that's just good news for guys like Jaram Bradley, Loic Fungi, JJ Sparkman, and Koi Eakin. That that those are guys on the outside that are going to be able to really test the limits of this of this Cougar Cougar defense, right? Um, similar to what UTSA was able to do, to be honest. UTSA also tested the limits of this of this secondary and of these linebackers, and they did not stand up. Um, they were not up to snuff. So that's what I'm hoping to see here. Uh, one thing, the Cougs are used to a running game. So they know what Todd Brooks and Roger Thompson uh, brings. They know what those two guys bring to the line. And I kind of expect a little bit more, right? I expect, again, Todd Brooks. I, I want more Todd time, right? Um, one thing we did see is, is though we threatened the ball downfield, when we got into the red zone and we got near, we ran the ball. And I think that's the reason why Todd Brooks had, I mean, we ended up having, what, was that five touchdowns on uh, on the ground? Uh, or sorry, four touchdowns on the ground total. Um, and I think a lot of it is because though I'm right in the instinct of we're going to pass the ball, we passed it a lot last week. I think one of the big problems we had in recent years was we struggled in the end zone. We really struggled in the end zone and or in the red zone. Sorry, we struggled in the end zone, too. Uh, but we really struggled in the red zone. Um, and I think with Taj or with the run game and with how Kitley has this going, um, I definitely expect us to be able to 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 make things make magic happen uh come in the red zone with with Brooks and and Thompson. Um but Todd Brooks especially is going to give Houston nightmares. Last year went 134 yards on the ground. I don't I don't know if he's going to say if we get 134 yards from Todd Brooks again, woo buddy. Sorry Cougs. He's going to be rough on you um going forward. So uh that is as far as so that's when we come to the offense as we switch over to the defense a little bit um and and some of the guys I you know Coming up from last week, uh, the D-line, the pressure the D-line had was incredible. And I think one thing is, is that I would argue last year's game was probably the most pressure we gave to any opponent on Keith Patterson's defense than, than we had all year, right? We really did a great job of holding the rushing attack uh, through the season, uh, uh, through the year. We, we had four sacks on the day last year. And so the Cougs know that we can give pressure. Uh, and I think we're just going to give it even more, right? Tim DeRuta did a great job of really relying pressure or putting pressure on DJ Williams, the Murray State quarterback. And so I expect a lot on Clayton Toon because let me tell you something. As the year went on, Toon did play better. The worst game he had last year was against Tech. Uh, he did play better, but the teams that were willing to get their hands on Toon, Cincinnati was able to do this a lot. You get your hands on Toon, he's going to struggle, right? Now, Toon was able to use his mobility a lot last week and, uh, and get out into the pocket and really work. And so I think contain, contain, contain will be the name of the game against Clayton Toon this weekend. Um, but if you get you, you touch him up, if you touch him up a little bit, he's going to make mistakes. And and for interception Toon, I think he's still in there. I, think, I still think Clayton Toon has those turnovers in him, right? Right now, Coog fans love Clayton Toon. He's back. He's great. Let's make them hate him again. Right. Let's make them hate him again. I and I and one thing that I'm positive has been stressed this week is take three, take three because we didn't get any turnovers last week against Murray State. If I'm if I'm the tech coaches, if I'm Tim DeRuiter, if I'm Joey McGuire, I'm saying, hey, we're supposed to average three three turnovers a game. We're already down three, so we got to get we got we got to get six this week, right? But I think that is really the name of the game. There is is take we're getting turnovers, and this I am of the belief 
that if there's if there's ever a time you want to get turnovers against the team, Clayton Toon's the one to do it. I know he got better as the year went on, quote unquote, but I, I still think he has it in him to get these turnovers. And that is going to mean secondary. You're going to have to play better. If there was one group that I had any problems with last week is was the secondary. They didn't play good. They let up some big touchdowns during the game last week. The only touchdown given up all game was that 54-yard touchdown bomb. And and the secondary has to do better. The secondary has to has to play better in order for us to be able to get this W against the the Houston Cougs. Um now one thing is is that I I don't know if Adrian Fry um I think he was still listed on the 2D but he did get hurt last week against Murray State. So that'll be one something to look out for him for here. Rayshad Williams also did not have a great game after having an incredible camp. Rayshad was, I heard his name about 50 million times during camp of how good he was playing, um, but did not have a great game. A rabbit did also didn't have a uh, Deidre Taylor Demerson also did not have uh, a great game. And so I definitely expect more from them. Now I will say the secondary like great in run <laughs> in the run game, right? Muddy waters was up, up there. Reggie Pearson. I saw him up there a few times making big plays. Um, so in the run game, they were great, but you know, I'm a league Dunlap in the run game was good, but name of the game when it comes to secondary defending the pass. Right. And so um, as good as DJ Williams is for an FCS level quarterback, I've been talking mass about Clayton Toon here a little bit, but Clayton Toon's better. Clayton Toon can throw the thing, and I, I but I do think that if we can get some interceptions, we can get some turnovers here, uh, we'll be in a very good spot. Uh, the linebacking crew played very well last week, and so I'm hoping, especially, of course, Krishan Merriweather played outstanding as we expected him to, um, and so I'm definitely hoping to see more from the linebacking crew, uh, more from guys like uh, uh, like a Jacob Rodriguez. Dimitri Moore, I didn't really see him too, like, too much in the first half there. He got some burn there in the second half. Uh, but Kosey Eldridge, I thought, played a great game as did Krishan Merriweather. So I want to get some pressure going, and, and that'll be definitely uh, the way to do it there. So it's, it's now time to get into our prize picks prediction. Prizepicks.com. Make sure to use our promo code Tortillas12 um, to get money back. Money back once you log in um, at prizepicks.com. So it is our prize picks predictions. Uh, so first off, I'm gonna do the predictions that we always do here of uh, the main guy, the main person that's gonna have to have a good game on offense in order for the Red Raiders to be able to do their thing. And I'm going to go ahead and say that that person on offense is Todd Brooks. Look, like Todd Brooks dominated last year or last year in this game. Dominated last year in this game. And I think honestly if he dominates the same way he dominated in that game, we're we're just going to be in a situation where we can coach just like we did in the second half of last year's game. Um they're already scared of Todd Brooks a little bit and they should be. Right. I think Todd Brooks is going to absolutely I hope Todd Brooks absolutely tears them a new one. And and that's what I'm expecting. So Todd Brooks on offense is is who I think and I and hope will be player of the game as far as on the defensive side of the ball. Now, here's here's the question. Last week, I went um, last week. I, I went and said a secondary person. I said a secondary person. Take three. They were going to be the ones to really. Um, they were going to be the ones to really get get turnovers, right? Uh, well, about that they didn't, and in that they 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 didn't play well. So this is my thing, and again, it's I'm going to be I'm talking about what is needed for us to win this game, right? 
I'm going to go ahead and say the player of the game. I said him last week and I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I'm going to say him again this week. Rabbit. DTD, baby. DTD. That's who I'm going to go ahead and say is going to be the player of the game here because, again, I need him to be. He has to get at least one interception. Right. And I think one thing is that 54 yard bomb. He he guessed it wrong. Um, He guessed it wrong. Uh, Oh, under. I don't know if he underestimated the throw or overestimated the throw or what have you, uh, but completely underran the underran the route. Um, And that would have been his that should have been his interception. Right. Um, And so. Uh, it wasn't, however, and I think this week he gets it figured out. He gets it taken care of. I'm sure Tim DeRuiter has been in there, but all week this week about the best way to – what they need to do, what they need to fix. And I'm sure they spent at least two days in film room because let me tell you something. That's the first thing that Joey McGuire said at the end of the game was, hey, guys, we, ain't, we, didn't, get, we didn't get any turnovers. And that's going to be a problem. We we let up too many big big points there. So uh, that's that is what I expect. I expect DTD to be the main guy uh, to get this thing going. So, and now for my prediction on the prize picks prediction, who's going to win this game? Um, before the season started, I I and y'all came down on me for it. I did predict Tech would go four and eight. Four and eight was my prediction, up to five and seven, but I didn't see us going to a bowl. We played very impressively in game one, but again, it was against an FCS team. In my 4-8 prediction, I had this as one of the W's. Last week did not make me feel like this. I was wrong in this. I think Tech's just better than Houston right now. All right, And, and maybe maybe when Houston gets to the Big 12, it'll be more competition. But I am not a believer. I am not convinced that the Houston Cougs got that much better last year as the season went on. I'm not convinced, like some Cougar fans were, that the team that would have played Tech in November is different than the team that played them in September last year. I don't believe that. I believe it was more of, man, that conference was so easy last year. I do think the conference is a lot better this year. Like almost everybody in the conference got better. You couldn't get much worse than they were last year. Um, I do think that conference is a lot better this year. Uh, but that is, but guess what? We're not in the American Athletic Conference. This is welcome to Big 12 football, baby. And I think Tech's just better. I think Tech's just better right now, right? Um, and so even with me saying that four, that that four and eight prediction, I, I think Tech. If anything, I feel more confident in Tech than I did last week. I feel less confident in U of H than I did last week. So I'm even more confident in the Tech W. Um, Vegas has a line being a four point win. Um, I think Tech does more than that. Um, I, I, you know, again, this is at home. This is in Lubbock. I'm going to go ahead and say that Tech wins this game 38-24. 38-24. That might even be a little harsh to the the Cougs. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It might be a little harsh there. Um, But 38-24. Like, that did not look like a top 25 team last week when they played UTSA. They should have lost the game. That did not look like a top 25 team last week. And Tech looked a lot better than a 4-8 team against Murray State last week. So um, with those two, and, and again, Houston on the road, it's, it's, it just doesn't look it doesn't look too good for them. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say 38-24. Texas Tech gets the dub. It's a comfortable dub. Uh, comfortable W there. And and uh, we ride into the sunset. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I, think, I think Jeremy would agree with me. I think Dylan would agree with me. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely the way to go. So, uh, that's it. That's all we have for you here on the solo pod for the Houston preview. Um, I'm sorry that y'all had to hear my voice as much as as y'all have. I know half of you wish it was, wish you could have good looking Jeremy on this podcast, this episode, but he will be back. 
He will be back. Dylan will be back to recap what is hopefully a Texas Tech victory. So uh, you have been listening to Albie Shore on the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast for Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.